It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, June 23rd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is really stoked to get into it with our Locked On Sends friend about some trade possibilities today. Yeah, it's fun to talk that. Talk trades. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. You can find Russ Cohen here on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. We are going to be having another crossover show with our friend Ross Levitan of Locked On Senators. And just like we did last week with the Edmonton Oilers, we're going to be pitching some trades that we think maybe the Flyers and Sens could work out. It was a really fun conversation, so looking forward to bringing that to you. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. Hit that subscribe button. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we get into our conversation with Ross, uh, just a quick congratulations to Ty Murchison and Owen McLaughlin. They are Flyers Prospects, official selections to Team USA camp for World Juniors this summer. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, I'm really happy for those guys. It's a great experience, even if you don't make the team. Exactly. I think that just helps their development no matter what. Uh, do you want to touch briefly on the NHL awards now that uh, in our recording schedule time, they have been awarded uh, any surprises for you? No surprises. I, I was just, I was a little sad for Roman Yossi. I just felt like, look, Kale McCarr is great. This is nothing to do with Kale McCarr. I just felt like with Roman Yossi, if you watch some Nashville games, he was everything to them. And he just was unbelievable this year. He'd been sort of building to this. And that might be the one year he could win, you know? So I'm a little bummed for him. I really felt like he was the best. Oh, well. Yeah, I, I think just because it was so close, there was only 25 points separating the two. And again, nothing against Kale McCarr. I think he's a fine winner. But there was just this slight difference of a few writers who either voted Yossi fourth or fifth or not at all. That was the points difference maker yeah. and it just is shocking to me that somebody wouldn't include Yossi in their ballot this year but you know people are entitled to their opinions I guess they are all right we are going to get into our conversation with Ross Levitan of Locked On Senators uh, we decided to do something a little different for this one on the audio version of the podcast if you are listening in your ears only uh, we have a slightly shorter version of the conversation that deals mostly with the current state of the senators and those trade scenarios that we brought up. But we did have a much longer conversation that included some great information about the senators. And we did want to give that to you. So if you're watching us over on YouTube, you get that longer version of the conversation with a little bit more there. So Pick and choose whichever one you are interested in. Uh, if you head over on to YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our show. Please. And uh, 
and like the episode as well. Uh, so without further ado, here is our crossover with Ross Levitan. We are once again thrilled to welcome back to Locked on Flyers, probably my favorite Sens fan out there, although don't tell anybody else. <laughs> um, Ross Levitan from Locked on Senators back on the show. We are intrigued by the Senators cap space and prospects <laughs> and will want to get into some trade possibilities. But first off, Ross, Kind of what is the state of the Ottawa Senators and how was like the general reaction to how this past season went? Yeah, it's it's super interesting time here to be following the Ottawa Senators. Obviously, you never want to see anyone pass away. We wish thoughts and prayers. And we did about a week worth of episodes when the owner, Eugene Melnick, passed away. But he was a very polarizing figure, to say the least. Controversial, um, you know, maybe not as well liked in the community. And, and honestly, I think held the organization back in certain areas. A uh, quick example, I mean, you would never have seen the Sens make their logo on Twitter uh, a pride rainbow during the month of June. Uh, so you just see like all this progressive. His daughters are owning the team and they've made it clear they want to be a lot more progressive. So you're seeing that off ice, which is a nice change. They're bringing back some alumni that were, um, you know, isolated kind of away from the team for years past. Chris Phillips, Chris Neal, Daniel Alfredson. Those are the trio of lifetime senators. And they were all ostracized. They all were away from the team living in Ottawa. It makes absolutely no sense. So it's great to see Daniel Alfredson's kind of out as, as a member of the alumni. He's back in the community. He's doing things. Everyone thinks the next step might be back in the front office, which would be super welcome because one of the most interesting things he asked for the state of the senators so far this offseason, they've lost two members of their front office, and they already had the thinnest front office in the National Hockey League. Pierre Maguire was fired, and then assistant GM Peter McTavish left to go back to agency life. He actually replaced the job Kent Hughes had at, uh, at that agency, so he went back to that. And you can't blame him for it, but right now, Pierre Dorian has so much on his plate from signing important restrictive free agents. Pierre is on his he own is, island. He is, isn't he? Like, he, is. he really is, and I feel for him. I got to meet him at uh, Winnipeg Ice Game just a couple of months ago. Uh, when they were in the playoff run and he looks so stressed. Like if I'm another GM doing business with him, I'm, I'm using that as leverage. I'm just going to pepper him with phone calls and just hope that he cracks because he is a one man show in hockey operations right now. He really is. So they need to get hiring. And what's funny is they're going to hire someone like they did last year with Pierre Maguire. And then everyone's going to roast them for who they hired. So it's a lose, lose situation, but he needs people to talk to. They have nobody in the front office right now. Uh, Josh Norris needs a new contract. I scored 35 goals in 66 games. Wait, don't they have Alexa? Don't they have Alexa I'll, in I'll, Canada? You can talk <laughs> to Alexa, Yeah, well, right? Pierre brings up his iPad at every press conference. So uh, I'm sure he's got that locked and loaded. He always talks about his girlfriend too. So I'm sure she's helping him out as well. But it seems like a time of change right now in Ottawa. And the worst thing they can do is just take one of their pro scouts and make them a, an assistant gym. They have to bring in bodies and voices from the outside. If they do that, the draft is important. We had Russ on for a mock draft we're doing, and I don't even know if the Sens pick at seven. That could be a conversation that we discuss. I know the Flyers are trying to rebuild on the fly here, which we can get into, but the Senators are in such a tough spot. They actually went longer, or they are going longer right now without a playoff appearance than they had when they were an expansion team. They made the playoffs in their fifth year as a franchise. They've now gone five straight years without a postseason berth. The fans understood the rebuild, and certainly when you see Carlson turn into Norris and Tim Stutzler, you're like, okay, these young players, we can get behind them. But at some point, you play to win the game. A little Herm Edwards there for you. You play to win, and right now they, they haven't won in so long. It's, it's sad. It's disappointing, but 
you see these little glimpses like the end of this season. I know they played Philly in game 82. Brady got his 30th goal of the year, which is a nice milestone. You know, you feel good about milestones, but winning's even better. And they went nine, two and one at the end of the COVID year too. And you're like, okay, we're turning a corner. And then they start the year with four wins in 20 games, just like they did the year before. So they need a strong start, but this off season, they need to upgrade. And I think Rachel, last time you know, I was on, I teased you about Claude Giroux coming home. And here I yeah. am again, and he's still not home. <laughs> although he is currently in the auto area, he still has not signed. Although I'm holding Well, he's in the auto area every summer. So you oh, have yeah. to put that little asterisk next <laughs> to it. We had, we had just a quick aside. It was the funniest story because I got an anonymous DM on Saturday. This guy was flying to Ottawa and Philip Forsberg was on his flight. And you're like, okay, pending UFA, like what? <laughs> Turns out he was just in town for Ryan Spooner's wedding, but hilarious nonetheless that I get these DMs. Like, it's rumor mill season, and then he posted beautiful downtown Ottawa. So it's uh, hilarious because NHLers and Russ, I'm sure, doing the circuit, you understand. You don't see downtown Ottawa when you make the trip. You go right from the airport out to the Brook Street in Canada, and you just see farm fields the whole way. So it's... uh... Right, although I've been to downtown Ottawa and had a beaver There you go, on the canal, or you went down to the market? A market guy, not on canal. I didn't get to the canal. Oh, yeah. He'd be a market guy for sure. Couple good spots down there. That, as you mentioned, like what's the deal with Ottawa right now? In about a week, they're meeting about this beautiful plot of land right next to Parliament Hill. Everything is so bureaucratic in Ottawa, the capital of Canada, that it takes like 25 layers to get anything done. But there is this prime real estate, probably the most prime real estate in Canada, right at the foot of Parliament Hill that is just begging to be developed with a hockey ring. So we're holding out hope in the long-term future for that. But as it comes to this summer, if Pierre Dorian doesn't do enough to make this team at least competitive out of the gate, they might have nobody in the front office because he should be on the hot seat then too. He's now going into his sixth season as GM. Yeah, I think both um, GMs are going to be a little bit in the hot seat this upcoming season. Yes, I would agree with that. So let's say... um... Chuck Fletcher wanted to um, lose some salary and trade a an upgrade player for for Ottawa, and because I think Ottawa will take on some salary because if they don't get that plot of land, I think they're going to want to make sure the teams to be sold at some point, right? Because it's going to get sold anyhow. Um, and I wonder if Ottawa would be interested in like Travis Konecny and one of the twenty twenty third seconds for that seventh pick. I wonder if. Um, that's something Dorian would do, and that would help Chuck Fletcher clear some cap space, and then he could do more wheeling and dealing at the draft, too. That's interesting. Now, you mentioned that happening at the draft. You would probably know better than me. When do signing bonuses get paid out this year? It's on July 13th, right? It's when free agency yeah. starts? Yep. Yes. So this is where it gets interesting, because we've seen it before. Ottawa's made trades most famously or infamously in Canada, or in Ottawa, um, Mika Zibanejad and a second-round pick for Broussard. Well, that was so that the Rangers would pay his $2 million bonus. Now, I don't know right. if the Sens are in that much financial stress right now, but I see Konechny's got a $2 million bonus due uh, on I don't July think they 13th. would do it this time. And, yeah. and Ranger fans are happy that Ottawa did it last time. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, we all, we follow our sends abroad through the playoffs. In 2020, when they had the expanded playoffs, we could make an entire roster with like a deep, deep team of guys who used to play here, but had their success elsewhere. But Konechny is obviously an interesting one. I don't know how many of your listeners would know that he used to be the captain of the Ottawa 67s yeah. when he was a junior player. So he's obviously a guy familiar with the area. He plays that tenacious style that the Senators are always enamored with. And he's clearly got a bit of offense. Now, did, did he fall off production-wise because the team did? or And more so last year. I mean, he got back to 50 points this year. But 
what what kind of player do you think Senators fans would expect? Like to me, just on name recognition alone, I don't know if you're looking at seventh overall. It's a pretty good player. Uh, Russ was telling us about when we had him on that like you're going to get a decent middle six player uh, out of seventh overall in all likelihood. So I don't know if a Philly second is probably going to be enough, but I'm curious if there is a deal to be had around Travis Konechny because as I mentioned, he just screams like Ottawa Senators type player. I think so too. I think he's, uh, I hate using this word because it gets overused sometimes in hockey circles, but he's very pesky. Like he's got, he's got a mouth on him and he likes to use it and get into it with other players. He's scrappy, but not in a harmful way. Like he doesn't take too many unnecessary penalties, I would say, Uh, but he does get into it for sure. And I like that about him. And he's a guy that prides himself on being able to take, I think, as many shots as he wants. And he's not afraid to take shots. And, you know, I think where he's run into a little bit of of problems recently is just his accuracy hasn't been 100% there. Mm -hmm. And I do think that that's redeemable. Though, absolutely. I think that with the whole Flyers team in kind of a rut, he was part of that to some degree. But I do think that if he sort of went, quote unquote, home to Ottawa, change of scenery, he could like kick back into gear. Absolutely. All right, we'll be back with Ross a little bit more. We're going to get into some trade scenarios, especially with maybe one... Travis Konechny. So stay tuned for that. But first, we are going to hear about our friends at Built Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. Coconut brownie chunk Built Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But they don't just taste amazing. They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. Go to Built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Built built Puffs is, of course, they taste incredible, but you can enjoy them guilt-free. They are the perfect treat, perfect when you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack. They're an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut-rich sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com to order a box of chocolate brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, now here's more with Ross from Locked On Senators where we get into those trade proposals. Yeah, so I, I like that. And, and here's a name I'll throw back at you guys because like the seventh overall pick in this type of discussion, I don't know if it has much unless there's, you well, know. Well, I have uh, another option for you, but continue your thoughts. Okay, nice. I'm, I'm curious about this, but um, something that, that's that been thrown out and it was just discussed uh, last weekend on Hockey Night in Canada was Connor Brown and his decision upcoming. And I know that the Flyers kind of want to reload rather than rebuild. And that would give a little more financial flexibility. He's in the final year of a contract, which again, you're kind of, 
banking that he either likes it enough to resign, you move him at the deadline if things aren't going well, or you keep him through and see what happens in free agency. But Connor Brown's a fantastic hockey player. I hope Ottawa can find a way to keep him. But to me, he just screams like the kind of guy where if he's on the move this offseason, he can go to a team and help them go to a playoff spot right now. And at almost $2 million less than the cap hit that you're looking at for Travis connect me. So I don't know if it would be a one for one, like we saw with Atkinson for Borachek last summer, but of the same vein, you're trading an NHLer for an NHLer, and you're looking at a guy who's probably going to, I'd say similar production. The Sens might have to add a, a prospect in there as well. Maybe a Roby Jarventi or Victor Lodeen, like a kind of a B level prospect. But I, I think Connor Brown could be an interesting name and a guy who I think would fit in really well with what Philly's doing. Yeah, I, just to, to make it clear, it wasn't just for the seventh. You were getting a 2023 20, second. Right. Besides, right. Yeah. And, and that's actually, you know, it's a good draft. But here's the, if you're doing the Connor Brown thing, uh, I do think that could work. But I think if you went Konechny and still gave one of those extra 2023 20, seconds for Connor Brown and Bernard Docker, how about that? Yeah, that's interesting because there is a lot of conversation right now in Ottawa about the ETA to the NHL between Jacob Bernard Docker and Lassie Thompson kind of being side by side. And they're both right shot defensemen, both first round picks. I believe Lassie was 19th. JBD was like 24th. Now you're hurting my heart here. Cause I love my Nodak sends. We got four of them right now in, in Ottawa. There we went to North Dakota altogether. But that being said, right shot defensemen are always at a premium. So there is value to be had there. He's just kind of that I'm trying to compare maybe like a Travis Sanheim type where it's not like you're, you're never looking at the point production with him, but you're looking at just kind of a steady, reliable presence. So that, that's interesting. I yeah, like he's that. more of a defensive defenseman where Sanheim does yeah. have a fair amount of offense. But yeah, I fair. get what you're saying. Yeah, I think uh, my other option for that, and I'm sure it would take a lot to pry him out of your hands, but I am a huge fan of Ridley Gregg. Okay. And I, so I'm thinking if you take He's such him, a flyer too. Now yeah. that you mentioned Didn't his dad play or coach there? Or no, he's a scout. He's a scout, isn't he, scout. Russ? Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a scout for a yeah. long time. Yeah. You yeah. know what? The first time we had Ridley on, Rachel, he said that his family bleeds orange. So you know what? There's, there's definitely Listen, a conversation to be had. I, yeah, there's a reason why I like him so much. Um, but he did have a really great year this past year. And I think that if you have him plus uh, the one of the second rounders for Konechny, I think that clears the cap space that we need. It doesn't get us back an, yeah. an NHLer right away, but I think it does a really good job of clearing cap space. And I think Greg has a shot of making the NHL or at the very least being a midseason call up. This next season. Oh, I think he I think he's pretty close to, yeah. uh, to finding his way. Now remember, he's already suspended for his first NHL game, and that's something that you're probably gonna have to deal I with. I can live with that over the years. I can live with that. <laughs> with Ridley Gregg. He's always chipping away behind the play at guys and listen, most is, flyers would have been over the years anyhow if, if they've been calling that. So that's fine. That is that is hilarious. You know what? Like Ottawa fans and right now and where they are in the rebuild, especially if Connor Brown won't be re-signing, I think the natural progression is to get Ridley Gregg into that top nine sooner rather than later. Now, whether he's a center or a winger, that's where the trade conversation could become a little more nuanced because you got Norris, Stutzla, and Pinto down the middle. And in all likelihood, those are your three guys with Mark Kastelik right in the mix there. You're big. Yeah, he's a winger. I, I think Greg's a winger. Yeah. You think Greg f figures at wing? Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at that too. So then you're kind of looking at him and Alex Formanton and say, okay, if we can add a top six guy, obviously Brady Kachuk's got a top six wing spot right. locked right. down. And then 
Beyond that, there's a lot of talk, you know, Kevin Fiala, he's going to move somewhere, but that type of player to play with Tim Stutzla on the second line. So yeah, if you're, if you're kind of building down, down the way that way and, and connect, plays more right wing than anything these days. Am I right? Or is he in the middle? Yeah. Right wing. Right wing. Yeah, exactly. And would be, would be uh, somewhat of a replacement then if they are looking maybe in a separate trade then to move Connor Brown, but there, there's intri- there's intrigue, but I think the value would probably be sky high with Ridley Gregg. Like, I don't know if a second pushes it over the edge. It's just, it's tough because he was a late first, but I'd say his value's probably gone up from where his draft slot was based on his play uh, over the last tw- 12 months. And then he was able to step in. Like, he only got to play the final game. Don't get me started on the AHL playoff structure this year. Two games oh, in the what top seed. <laughs> but he got in for that second game after suffering an injury uh, to finish out the, um, the WHL year. And uh, he got all over the ice. So he is, he's such a weapon, but again, you got to give to get and Travis connect. He's only 25 years old and signed for three more seasons at a pretty reasonable rate. But I guess if you're the senators right now, like five by five with three years, that's the type of contract that I just offer Connor Brown and just keep all my assets. So that's kind of where I'm a little bit as an outsider. Like if, if mm-hmm. Pierre Doria knows that Connor Brown isn't going to sign, I think that becomes a, a real possibility to try to replace that type of role. But to me, you know, Konechny and, and Connor Brown are pretty similar players. So as long, like in terms of like, you probably want one uh, rather than two, because I think they're both elite third liners, but decent second liners. Is that what you call Konechny? Like a middle six guy who can play top six, but if you're a championship winning team, he's probably your third guy. I mean, he does play top line pretty yeah, frequently. Uh, but was that, I know that Philly suffered a lot of injuries, especially early on in the year, like no haze. Nah, no, he did uh, anyway though. Yeah. I mean, if you looked at the, like the previous couple of years, he was on that top line quite a bit. I mean, second line too, um, you know, it just depended on the game and what the uh, blender of the lines was that time. And, and our various coaches we've had over the past several years, but I would tell you one thing, Torts would have Ridley Gregg as his favorite player within the first month of I him know. being there. <laughs> Listen, I thought about this. I I absolutely oh, thought yeah. about this. So are you offering here Travis Konechny and a second round pick next year for Ridley Gregg? No, I'm offering Travis Konechny for Ridley Gregg and your Bolts second. Oh, no, there. no. I don't think that that's a trade that the Sens would do, especially where they're at in the rebuild. No, I, I don't think so. I think uh, I was, I'm was. i going to put out a tweet here and see see what we can figure out. But I think it would be – let's see. I'm going to put it that's out. That's why I picked again. the lower second rounder because yeah, I thought so it like TV balanced it a second, little bit. Second, 2022, who says no – just for fun, I'm going to add a third for Philly for next year so that it's not a unanimous poll against sure, us. Sure. Who says no? Flyers or Senators? And we'll check in on the results here after uh, <laughs> after fair trade is a third one. We've had we've had some fun uh, mock trades here throughout uh, the last couple of weeks, and I'm always I'm always keen to see what the consensus is. So I mean, I tagged you there. You can give it a quick retweet, and we'll see at the end of the show what uh, the initial impression is because I think a lot of Sense fans are so high on on Ridley Gregg I think this is probably going to go and again it's it's play it's fans that maybe overvalue prospects but uh, I'm intrigued to see because Ridley Gregg would certainly be a guy if I'm the Flyers I'm calling about all right we'll be back to wrap up with Ross from Locked On Senators with more potential trade options including JVR and Ivan Provorov coming up next I think the other big topic that is at hand for Flyers fans is trying 
to get rid of James Van Riemsdyk's cap hit. <laughs> and the senators have cap space. So like wh- what is your your thought about taking on a contract like that for a guy who could honestly contribute? I mean, he scores goals. He's he is good net front. He doesn't work hard otherwise I'll, as much. <laughs> I'll admit to that. What's he? But, 32 years old now? Yeah. I, I've got I've got the the Flyers cap I think uh, so. up here. Maybe 33. he's 33. In yeah. The final year of his contract, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's an interesting one. I just don't know if if he fits in just in terms of like the Sens and DJ Smith just love their guys playing, you know, fast-paced, chip and chase, maybe not as much um Van Riemsdyk's game and you've already kind of got uh, a better James Van Riemsdyk and Brady Kachuk in terms of being a net front presence on the power play. That's where JVR does most of his damage, right? You see him try to mix in the between the legs every once in a while. Brady still hasn't uh, successfully done it, but he tries. Well, maybe it like he his can brother. teach Brady Every, how to do yeah, it. Exactly, exactly. I still have nightmares from JVR with his from his Leafs days in the regular season when he was a thirty goal scorer every other year. But um, he he's a guy who, in terms of salary, I could see the Sens eating that seven million for sure. Obviously, it would come as uh, as a part of a package, right? Yeah, I think that if you talk to Flyers fans. I think we're kind of done with including additional picks in trades to get rid of assets. Like uh, we did with Shane Gostisbehere last season that we had to like throw in some extra picks as incentive for the coyotes to take on that contract. And the flyers got nothing in return. And it was like, you know, paying somebody to take out what you are now seeing as um, quote unquote trash. Uh, but I would never say that actually about Shane Goss's bear. I think he's <laughs> wonderful and I'm glad he had a good year in Arizona, but well, I, I think that's the that, type of, that's the type of trade proposal that sends yeah. fans are, are putting together to get Zaitsev uh, on the, right. the one-way ticket to the, to the desert here's, as well. Here's what I'm considering because if you look at the buyout possibility for his contract, the flyers would have to eat 4.3 million on the cap for the first year and 1.3 on the second year. And that's just like too much in year one for the flyers. But I think if you like sort of average it out a little bit and knock it down a little peg, and if the flyers are willing to retain 2 million of salary, is that something that you think the senators would do? Yeah, well, I think more importantly than uh, than the sal- than the cap hit is the salary, and JVR is that type of player. He's only making four million dollars in yeah. real money, seven million against yeah. the cap. So for me, like that, that's actually a huge bonus in, right. in terms of right. what the Senators look for, and they're not going to be a cap team this year, like maybe. And I mean, cross your fingers in two years when you have to have Stutzla on his next contract. Maybe then you up the ante. Jake Sanderson will need next contract because he burned that first year this year. So. Um, or sorry, he'll be one year further then. But uh, even still, like they're kind of inching closer. Like this year, it's Josh Norris who needs to be locked up. Last year, it was Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson. So, and the year before, Thomas Shabbat. So, like, slowly but surely, all these top guys who are their core are making more and more money. But they're not at the point this season where they're going to be a cap team. So, if you're only making four million, that's I bet you. And Pierre Dorian has his uh, preferences on cap friendly. He doesn't have cap it. He has salary. Uh, as the number one thing that they're looking at. So, you know what? JVR is an interesting piece and one that I hadn't thought of. I just don't know if he, like, does he fit still in, in a, in a top six passenger type role? Or is he a guy that you have to play down on your third or fourth line? You got to play him down. Third line, third line, but third line plus power play time. Right, right. 
Yeah, and the Sens' second power play unit was was atrocious this year. It was they they had they had Adam got dead on their on their power play unit. So I mean, that listen, I'm not going to rip Adam got dead, but I get it. No, exactly, exactly. So here's another one. Here's a haymaker. Yeah. So, so my haymaker for you is Ivan Provorov and one of the 2023 seconds for Thomas Shabbat if you need the salary relief. <laughs> no, just, no, we're good. We're good. I mean, no, but I've heard Shabbat some is- rumblings like maybe they are going to get rid of his salary at some point and trade him. I've heard little ah. rumblings. Oh, uh, we'll keep those as rumblings right now because I haven't heard any of that. And to okay. me, he's the kind of guy that, that you base everything around. And, you know, maybe this conversation changes in two years when he's making $10 million in real well, money. Well, that's the thing. I, I don't know if they want him to make 10 and they have Jake Sanderson coming and Sanderson right. can run the power play. So that's why I think I'm hearing little rumblings. Yeah, I mean, this upcoming season, he's making $4 million in real money. So I certainly, at that value, this wouldn't be a conversation that happens this upcoming season, even at $8 million the year after. But yeah, those those final four years, when he's making $38 million in uh, in the final four years of that contract, that could be a conversation. Although, you're hoping, if you're the Ottawa Senators, that you're legitimately competing for a Stanley Cup. And at that point, then, I mean, the Senators know just as well as anyone when they lost in the cup final, it was one shift you had Niedermeyer, the next shift you had Pronger over and over and over again. So you're hoping one day that Shabbat and Sanderson can each be on different pairs, both as your left shot guys, have a, a legitimate top four on the right side, and you hope to go from there. But that uh, that's a haymaker, but I don't think it's it's even close in value even, even to that point. Okay, but are you really going to be competing with – Matt Murray and or Philip Gustafson or Murray's even gone. Like, are you really? Oh, we're just throwing Philip or uh, Anton Forsberg under the bus like that. Yes. That Anton. Oh no. I, I have. Yeah. Okay. If you're going to, I will tell you this. If you are going to base all your hope, faith and dreams on Anton Forsberg, get out of this business. He will break your heart. <laughs> you made me so sad with that Thomas Shabbat offer and rumblings. <laughs> Come on. We but you know it's coming. Stone, it's Shane Carlson, like give me, give me one guy to enjoy for at least a. Decade. You know it's coming though. It, it, Shabbat, unless you get bigger ownership to spend more money, which you might. Uh, I don't know if Shabbat's there in two years, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Well, he'll definitely be here this year with a four million dollar salary. That yeah, is, yeah, is a no brainer. Especially when I look at Provorov and he's got signing bonuses every summer. And and to me, that just excludes him from the conversation right away. Let's, uh, before we go, let me pull up uh, yeah, the results. We, we put up a poll, Russ, while you left for two seconds. Ridley Gregg and Tampa's second round pick this year for Travis Konechny and Philly's third in next year. And we've got 250 votes so far. 50%, almost 48% say the Senators would say no to that. 30% say Philly would say no to that. And 23 are saying it's a fair trade. So it's not egregious not, one yeah. way or another. No, There's yeah. no majority. Yeah, so interesting. Let's, let's get her done. All right. Hey, let's get her done. Hey, we'll <laughs> talk on July 14th when uh, when the trade grows through, right after the uh, right after the signing bonus gets paid out to Old Connectney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Ross, thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun. Always love talking scenarios with you. Oh, yeah, that was a blast. Ross, enjoy the Stanley Cup final. Rachel, thank it's you. always a pleasure. We'll do it again soon. All right. All right. Thanks once again to Ross Levitan. Always a great conversation and some fun possibilities there with Ottawa. Definitely some fun. Yeah, there's there's going to be some things happening in Ottawa this year. Yeah, hopefully the Flyers can get involved in that and utilize some of their cap space. Yeah, that would be good.
All right, that'll do it for today's show. Uh, tomorrow is going to be an interesting episode. It's a special Locked On NHL collaboration. All of the lottery teams from the NHL draft did our mock draft picks, and this is all of our picks strung together in order. Russ gave our pick, and we are curious what you think about it. So tune in tomorrow, and we will have that for you. Uh, If you are upset about our pick or agree with our pick, let us know. You can tweet us at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on NHL. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. You can hear all the latest news and opinions from local hosts around the league every Monday through Friday. I'm on the Friday show, so check that out. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, have a great day.